everyone. It's Gloria and welcome to season three, episode nine of Miss Independent. This is the last episode of season three. I have a lot of great content coming at you in season four, so please stay tuned. This week, Wendy is back and we continue the conversation about mindful spending. We chat about more ways to save money when retail shopping, alternatives to retail therapy, how to find your personal style, capsule wardrobes, the best places to resell your clothes, and more. Hope you enjoy. We ended off last week's episode with Wendy's thought that you can appreciate a style without wearing it for yourself. So let's jump right back into the conversation. Thoughts on window shopping, because then you can appreciate things from afar. Second question, how do you figure out your personal style? Like, how do you figure out what works for you? Yeah. Okay. So both really good questions. Window shopping, I think is dangerous and I'm a little bit against just because unless you're looking for things you want to add to your wish list of things that you want, I think window shopping is at least for me really easy to, it's, so, it's just so close to buying and so close to purchasing <laughs> that it's, I'm still not mentally strong enough to resist that temptation. Okay. And then I'll go home. Like, I don't know how many times I've window shopped without leaving with something. Really? Yeah, no, it can go both ways. Exactly. It can give you inspiration, but also it can be like, I like this a lot. And like, I didn't even know that Mm -hmm. this was something that I needed. Yeah, I think what is good though, with window shopping is going with a friend. You need to go shopping with your most critical, cynical friend (laughs) who's going to stop you, you know, from making purchases that you will regret later. And then on top of that is if you, if that person doesn't think you should make the purchase and you still like it, then it's past like probably one of the most strenuous tests, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I would say to that. And then to your second question on personal style, I think I think it's a combination of a couple of things. The first of which is what you actually do day to day. You need to be able to dress for what your actual day-to-day life is in terms of, for example, one is I work at a desk job, right? So I need to have clothes that are suitable to that. So for me to have, let's say, 80% of my closet related to things like, let's say something crazy like um, swimwear and beachwear, <laughs> when that is not the actual, you know, my actual life, that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So then I think once you've figured out where you spend the majority of your time, what your actual life is, to then figure out, okay, what are things in, in that that are kind of like the foundation? So things that you know will be boring to shop for maybe but you know you will need. And that will allow you to kind of steer away from things on sale where you just go into a store and buy things on sale, but you're going in with a mission, which is kind of like, I think what Alex said on your grocery thing, which is like going to grocery shopping with a shopping list of things you want to buy, right? So having like the born basics down, and I would say even here going a bit higher quality so that you're happy when you wear it and you're happy when you have these basics will make you love it more. And I don't think high quality necessarily means expensive. I want to make that differentiation as well. Because you can buy really, I think, high quality things from, let's say, Uniqlo, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That are just like really comfortable, I think really affordable and are quite durable, at least the pieces that I own. Mm -hmm. I think second thing is also to dress for comfort and understanding your climate as well. So understanding like if you want to have a good personal style, you want to be comfortable first, I would say, rather than wearing something like, like heels when it's like snowing outside, right? Mm-hmm. Or having like a really long flowy dress 
that might have slush on it by the end of the day because <laughs> of Canadian weather. Yeah. And then I think once you have those parameters, it's a bit like a sandbox. Then once you know you're comfortable and once you know what you do day to day, then you can have fun within that. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on capsule wardrobe? And can you describe what a capsule wardrobe is for those who do not know? A capsule wardrobe is where before a season, at least, you stick to a specific set of shirts, pants, dresses, whatever you have. And you basically only use those throughout the entire season. And I think the purpose of that is to make sure you don't have anything in your closet or wardrobe that's wasteful that you don't really need to wear. And then also you appreciate that you can mix and match certain things to create a different look or style, but with the same number of clothing. And I will say, I think everyone's capsule wardrobe right now is just sweats. Yeah. <laughs> like Accurate. Yeah, I, yeah. Like it's just, it's just sweats right now for me, but I do think that I subscribe a bit more to the making sure I have like good foundational pieces that just never leave my wardrobe and then buying things in the season that might be a little bit more trendy. Yeah. So you basically don't subscribe to the capsule wardrobe. No. (laughs) You're like, you have, you have a year long like set of foundational pieces and then just kind of do whatever for the rest of it. So I have a friend who, I don't know if this is exactly capsule wardrobe, But she is like the most non-fuss person I know. And what she does is she has a strict like one in one out rule. So if she is to buy, for example, a new pair of jeans, she has to donate or throw away a pair of jeans. Like she has a very strict and part of it is because she moves a lot. She moves like almost, I think, once a year between like her and her, her boyfriend. And they're moving out to like Vancouver right now. So she's getting rid of a lot of things. So she's always been very like, I only have what I need. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fine if you don't really care about what you wear. But like, if I want to have a little bit of fun with what I wear, it's just harder for me to to do that. Yeah, for sure. And I think that really ties into the whole like minimalism concept behind the capsule wardrobe, because a lot of the YouTube videos that I've seen are people who have like 20 items in their capsule wardrobe. And that includes shirts, pants, shoes, accessories, everything for the entire season, like 20 things. So it can get pretty intense. But yeah, that's interesting because I have a very similar shopping habit where if I buy one new thing, then I have to donate five so that I reduce my net number of items. What are your thoughts on thrifting? I like thrifting as an activity. When I thrift, usually what I walk home with is books. And part of that reason is with the wish list for clothing, I'm trying to be more intentional when I shop. And I think thrifting, similar to if you were going to go to like Winners or Marshalls, it's almost like an activity, right? So Mm -hmm. I think the activity is more, is really fun, but I don't necessarily feel like I need to walk away with something. I think the analogy there for me is if you were to go to an arcade, you like playing the games and you get all those tickets and at the end you get the prize. But the prize isn't really, you know, why you're there. It's more of the the journey playing all the games. So it's kind of like going through everything and finding something like a really good piece. But then to me, it's like, if I find something that I really, really like, do I really need this if it wasn't on my mind in the first place? Like a hole I'm trying to fill in my wardrobe. Okay, that's a really interesting perspective on that. Because for me, I will go and thrift and it'll be like a whole journey. But if I find something that is a good deal and is good quality, Mm -hmm. then I'm just like this, I'm buying it. 
you know, because I think that for me, it's like, I don't really care if it's something that I like have on my list or not. It's just like, if this Mm. is something that I see myself wearing and if it's a good price then I'm like, yes, I will buy this. Yeah. I like how you say if, if you find something you like, and if it's a good price, you'll buy it and you'll love it. So my one thrifting story that's super sad for me was I was at my first job and it was near a subway station. And I think if I walked just a little bit further from that subway station, there was like this huge Valley Village. So I went to the Valley Village and I found a pair of cheap Mondays for $7.99. And they were like basically like unused. The jeans were still like really, really raw. Like no one had broken into them. And I was so excited for it. I went home, I bought it, went home, washed it, put them on. And I remember I almost passed out trying to put them on because they were just, they were like almost the right size. But like when (laughs) denim is really thick, like there's just no give, you know what I mean? So, and because they were so cheap and like, obviously I'm not going to return them. Yeah. Like I just had them in my closet. So every time I saw them, I got really sad. So my association with it was, it was of the moment, oh, these are like really great jeans. Like I really want these. And then I just never end up wearing, I don't even know where they are anymore. (laughs) So to me, it's like, it's the association you have with something that you buy and not just when you buy it a few months after, right? So when you thrift something and you love it, every time you wear it, you have like so much happiness versus that pair of jeans. Like I just fell into a trap and then never wore them. Yeah. No, you, you should have tried them on at the store. <laughs> I know I should have. I don't know why I did it. Well, I guess there are certain places where it's pretty difficult to try things on. Like I recently came across this store called The Market. It's on Orphis Road and you buy things by the pound. So right now it's like $2.99 per pound. And there's huge boxes of clothes that you basically sift through. You pick whatever you want, put it in a bag, they weigh it, and then you just leave with it. So I feel like in situations like that, it would be very difficult to try things on Yeah, because it's just like an open warehouse. But yeah, I think that's a really interesting concept. Like when I saw that, I was like, oh, like that's cool. Like I would check that out Yeah, post-COVID. <laughs> yeah, post-COVID. Yeah, I think for, for that, I think you need to be in the right mindset to go to something like that, come back and have clothes that you're going to wear repeatedly. Like, I think for myself, it would be one of those things where I would go, I'd buy a bunch of things, but then I would just never wear them Mm -hmm. because it wasn't like an intentional thing that I either really needed or I really thought through. Unless I was going to that with saying, I want these specific things. And then I found those specific things. And then it was a really, really great deal. Right. So it's kind of like I'd have to go in with the right mindset for it to be a successful trip. Yeah, for sure. Another thrift store that I really like is called Plato's Closet. They have a bunch of locations across the GTA, but they have a curated selection of items because if you go and donate your items, they'll go through piece by piece and see if it's relevant and if other people would like it. And then they will pay you like a very small amount for what you donate, quote unquote donate. It's like you sell your clothes. Yeah. I think one thing that's interesting that you talked about right now is just when there's something in your closet that you want to get rid of. I've used Kijiji before and also Poshmark, which is like an online, like I think they take a percentage as a marketplace of what you make. But like those platforms I've used, I've been able to get a good amount. Mm-hmm. So I would check those out if, if I were you. The one thing I would say is if you have pieces that are never really going to go out of style, the key is to be patient. I had this Club Monaco trench coat that I bought. Again, impulse purchase because I bought it on sale. <laughs> never even wore it. Like I, I, the tags were still on. I never 
I never wore it outside. I went, I came home, tried it on and then just didn't like it. And for some reason I was dumb and didn't go return it or lost the receipt. <laughs> and then I tried to sell it for a couple of years and like people were really, really lowballing me, but I knew that like, this is like a classic piece that they have. So I just held on to it. And then finally I was able to sell it for like $70 or something. Oh, which wow. was, like, really good. Yeah, yeah, that is really good. Dang. Yeah. So just be patient with pieces that you know will come back season and season again. Yeah. That's interesting that you bring that up because I've tried Poshmark and it is a mess. Like, I feel like that interface is not great. There's so many notifications, so many things. The UX is not good, but like, and there's so much on there. I think I kind of expected it to be like, I post something and then it just automatically gets dispersed in the Poshmark universe and someone will place an order or an offer on it, but that just did not happen. Yeah, it is hit or miss. I think that was my one success story with them. Well, actually, I also sold a pair of, like, you know, the Aritzia leggings, the leather ones. Again, oh, this is actually such a great lessons learned. Those leggings were, like, everywhere. And a lot of people were saying, like, oh, if you're tall, these leggings will look really great on you. And they still have them, like, on the website. Like, they're just, they're such a staple to it. And everyone and their moms had them. Yeah, yeah. So I just, you know, being a little sheep on the bandwagon was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll buy these too. So I bought them and I didn't, like, they had a couple of really kind of questionable colors on sale and I thought no 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 I'm gonna buy the black ones I'm gonna pay full price I'm gonna be smart about this so I bought them and I don't know what it is Coria but they are like the most uncomfortable things ever like (laughs) I wear them and it's like it's like when you walk they're just so uncomfortable if you want to sit you can't sit and these also I don't feel comfortable wearing these like casual Fridays so the only two days I can wear these are Saturday Sunday and I will 10 times out of 10 up for my jeans over these leggings. And I kept them in my wardrobe for so long thinking that I'll just have a moment to shine with these. And they never shone. <laughs> like I just never wore them. And, and that's when I learned like, they're just not my style and they're just not comfortable. So yeah. I appreciate when someone else wears them and pulls them off and they look really good on someone else. And I'm like, those look really good on you. But I, just not for me. Yeah, no, I think it's so important to make that distinction, right? But sometimes you just don't know, like you just don't know if it'll look good on you or not. And I think that it's especially hard nowadays with the increase of online shopping. Yeah, because before I was like, I will always go and try things on in the store before I purchase it, even if I do end up purchasing it online, like I'll try it on in the store first. But now it's like, I don't want to go to stores. Like I'm just like, "Mm." we'll see. We'll see if it fits. And sometimes it hasn't worked out. It hasn't worked out well. There was a time when I bought a kitten ace. It was like a t-shirt and I was yeah. like, how wrong can a t-shirt be? This t-shirt, t-shirt be, yeah. This t-shirt was so wrong. Like oh, it, it was, I got a size small and it, it looks like extra large on me. And I was like, I don't understand. I had no idea why yeah. that was wrong. Honestly. Yeah. I think I actually agree with you. So ironically enough, I think a white t-shirt is on my list of like my wish list. Cause I have not found a white t-shirt that I liked on me, mm-hmm. like period. It's so hard. I think it's just the way it falls on different body types. You have to know your body really well. And I think you have to know their sizing well. And sometimes like, you know, their sizing is crazy or the material's not great or Mm. there's a lot of things that could be wrong. Yeah, kitten ace I like, but it's also been like hit or miss for me as well. 
But one thing, I got a haul in one of the t-shirts that I bought from Kitten Ace and I emailed them and I was like, hello, I got a haul and it's been like two months. And then they sent me a gift receipt for the value that I paid for it. I think that's amazing. I think that's really important. And I think that actually ties in really well with the um, taking care of your clothes thing. Like I think if you have something and you can't actually like do anything about it, if you're buying from a retailer that's charging so much money for basics, they need to get the quality right, Mm -hmm. right? And I think at that point in time, like for these kind of companies, they value the relationship more Mm -hmm. than the actual piece of clothing that they're selling you. So they'll definitely, like they definitely should do that. Gloria, one other tip I just thought of right now as we were talking is if you have a really formal event or something that you're going to, borrowing clothes from friends, I think is really good. Especially if you know people who are like similar size or shape as you. Mm-hmm. There was one wedding I was going to and actually I reached out to one of my coworkers because she has like really gorgeous dresses that she wears to weddings. And she was so sweet. Like I asked her about one dress. I was like, hey, like, do you do you think I could borrow this? She came to work and she brought five dresses and she was like, try all of these on. You don't have to return any of them. Like just decide on what you want. And then like two months later after the wedding, I returned the dress. And I think one thing that's like really common courtesy is like you dry clean it to make sure it's super clean. And then I also bought her like a small gift from like, I forgot where it was like a little Japanese store where they have like little ramen bowls that have like chopsticks with them. Oh, so it's just like a little thank you for like lending something to me. But like, that's a really easy way to like, not have to spend a lot of money on something or um, buy something that might be really poor quality, just an event. Yeah, exactly. Do you have any ideas on ways to treat yourself other mm-hmm. than impulse purchases? I would say get a pet. <laughs> so I personally never grew up with pets, but having a pet and interacting with them, playing with them, anything, I almost feel like it's the same surge of happiness I get with shopping almost. Like I can feel myself getting the same giddy feeling, mm-hmm. except I'm not that much more poor <laughs> from playing with my pet. Like obviously there are costs with a pet. I also think one interesting activity to do is if you keep a bullet journal or any sort of journaling to figure out which days, like give yourself like, um, let's say like a red, orange, green, and the days you're super happy, you give yourself a green. For myself, when I did an exercise like that, I realized the days where I had the most green had no correlation to the days I was spending money. So the days when I was the most happy was really correlated to a couple of things being, well, before COVID, hanging out with friends. And when I hang out with my friends, like we go for coffee or like go for bubble tea or like walk around for hours or go on bike rides Mm -hmm. that costs almost no money. One friend, and you probably know who this is, is like, oh, there's this really obscure bakery I really want us all to go to (laughs) that takes 50 minutes to bike to. And then we bike there, we're super tired and we all have croissants and then we bike back. And then, you know, it's like a really fun time. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is feeling really productive or like you did really good work at work. So I think that consumption of goods is not a real actual source of happiness, but feeling like you're a productive, valued member of whatever community or work you do, and then having really great relationships with your partner, your family, your loved ones are like a good source of happiness. I do think that fashion is a really good hobby to have and liking to spend money is a good hobby to have but you don't really need that to like feel fulfilled. Absolutely. And I think that just goes back to our topic, right? It's just being mindful about your spending and being mindful in general, because once you are 
more aware of what is happening to be in your present moment, then I think that that can unlock a lot of interesting perspectives. Oh, 100%. I also love how you're so like self-aware. Like I think being self-aware about things is so important to being happy. The issue with shopping is that when people are shopping a lot, and they're still not happy, it's because they're trying to use retail therapy as a way to fix something that cannot be addressed with retail therapy. Yeah, retail therapy is not a replacement for real therapy. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. What's one thing that listeners can do right now to stop impulse purchases? Cleansing your Instagram and your emails. So for example, for myself, every time I go onto a website, there's always like a save 10% by joining our email list or save That's how they get you. That's how they get you. And obviously your girl's going to do that because I want to save 10% off regular priced items. Mm -hmm. But then I'm not going to be someone who just goes onto my Gmail and then unsubscribes right away. So then I get their emails for months and months and months. And I'm always just deleting their emails. I think it's important just to go through one time and literally just unsubscribe to a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think there's an app that does that for you. Yeah, those can be really handy. I will link a few in the show notes. Now, some of the retailers, they're really intense with their cookies because I get emails that are like, you left this in your shopping cart, don't miss out. And then they'll be even more aggressive and send me another email. If I don't buy it, they'll be like, here's $10 off shipping. And I'm just like, are you joking me? You're tracking what I'm looking at. It's crazy. Oh my gosh. But I think that's like the right mentality to have. It's like to know when a company is doing that to you and being like, I'm not playing in your game. Yeah, but I was still thinking about buying it. And then also doing the same thing with your Instagram, which is super, super important. Even if there's an Instagram account that you like to follow to see their content, you can just mute their stories. So they're not like always in your face as well. Yeah, I think you can also like train the algorithm. Like if you never click onto the retailer stories, mm-hmm. then they'll just show up at the back. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. So do you have any key takeaways for our listeners today? I think my key takeaway for listeners and this is I would also just give a caution to say that I'm nowhere near perfect when it comes to retail shopping and I think this is only applicable to people who have enjoyed retail shopping and are trying to balance their finances at the same time and also you know maintain that as a hobby I think it's just important to understand the process that you're going through when you're going to do retail shopping in terms of being really mindful of what you're buying, having a process in place and having people that you trust in place to like help you make good decisions. And then I think you can still have fun with it. I think that there are two huge extremes where you could be someone who treats retail shopping like I treat going to Canadian Tire, which is just you're in and out, you know, you just get what you need. Like I never look forward to going to Canadian Tire, Mm -hmm. you know, so like one of those. And then also on the other end where you have people who just buy so much in excess and they're just living like a totally different life. I think understanding your own life, understanding what your parameters are and still being able to play within like, you know, that sandbox is something you can do because you are young this one time. And if you want to dress a certain way and enjoy your style a certain way, you can, but you just have to be mindful about where your money is going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing is, If you want to support a small business, 
or if you want to support your friend, or if something really resonates with what your values are, I think that's also a really smart way to shop because then your attachment to the thing is no longer just like physically what it is, Mm -hmm. but also like what it represents to you. And I think that that's also like a way just to shop mindfully as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's totally true. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. Wendy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Gloria. As the aspiring Miss Independent, this is Gloria signing out. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. And if you're using Apple Pods, please toss me five stars. It would help me so, so much. So see you next time. Until then, stay healthy and grow wealthy.